0: Welcome to All Things in the Name of Love. If you like this show, please like, subscribe, and share. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of All Things in the Name of Love. And today I have with me Linda Pollio. And among other things, she's an author and a consciousness doula. And I just started do, I started asking her about that before I pressed record. And she started launching. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. We have to stop so I can press record. So... I will ask you again um, how you came up with that name and the background to that, because I think it's really fascinating. Okay. Well, um, well,
1: I like I said, I've always sort of been ahead of the game in my life. I was very much a visionary since I was a child, and I was connected to all kinds of things when I was young. Mm -hmm. And um, I always like to go into a space where no one else is yet. And I hold that space. And as soon as other people come into that space, then I move on to wherever I'm supposed to go next. And Mm -hmm. consciousness was something that I got into decades ago. Um, I had been in advertising and I ran new business for ad agencies um, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the first time I came to Sedona, uh, which was in 1996 after my father died I heard a voice say go to Sedona and I ended up coming here not knowing why I was going or how long and I stayed for 5 months mm-hmm. and it kind of blew open all of my consciousness and spirituality that I that had that I had been embedded in as a child mm-hmm. and kind of pushed aside because I was told I was weird and told I was imagining things mm-hmm. and so I went into my 20s and went to New York City and just did what people expected me to do to a certain degree right, right. um but when i got back to new york after that experience i could not go back to the old ways Mm -hmm. so i knew i had to immerse myself more into consciousness and i started studying all different kinds of energy practices and frequency practices i'm extremely energy adept Mm -hmm. and frequency adept and the first thing i did was i started working with consciousness within corporate america and i worked in conscious business practices bringing what i call the human technologies of wisdom intuition compassion Empathy and forgiveness into corporate culture. Wow. Eventually, I became the world's first Chief Consciousness Officer, working at a global um, marketing uh, consultancy. And I created that position because I wanted it to exist. And that's what I same reason that I created Consciousness Doula is I create the space um, and titles and names and words are really holding containers for energies. Mm -hmm. So when I created the position as a chief consciousness officer, my thinking was that just like when digital technologies came onto the planet and there was a bunch of weird people talking about this new energy that was coming, this new technology that was going to change the world and no one really understood and no one believed and everyone thought that it was just sort of a flash in the pan. Once it wasn't a flash in the pan, companies had to hire a chief technology officer, so they had to create a whole new position within a company that never existed before, mm-hmm. someone who understood those technologies. And I kind of look at consciousness as the new technology. Mm-hmm. So I believe that companies needed to create a chief a chief consciousness officer so that 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 person could bring those human technologies into corporate culture and into Mm. employee programs and into consumer programs. So I did that for a number of years. And then once that started, consciousness started becoming a little bit more evolved within corporate America. It's way not there yet, but it's there are (laughs) a lot more people now that actually know about it and are working on it. So once yeah. that happened, I knew it was time for me to go a little deeper into consciousness. And I went down the rabbit hole a little further. Um, and so my idea, whoops, sorry. My idea was to, um, was was to create a position that involved the birth of consciousness. So doulas Historically, are all about birthing babies. Mm -hmm. And recently, there's been the death doula. And these are people that are very involved in helping people understand what the death process is, helping them navigate the spiritual, physical, and emotional aspects of death. Mm-hmm. And so, my idea was to create a position as a consciousness doula, and that is to bring consciousness to birth consciousness to people, because for me, consciousness is the foundation of everything. We can't really change the world if we don't change the way that we see the world and we believe our place in the world is. Mm-hmm. so that's how consciousness doula got got born. And everything I do comes out of that. and, I do a lot of different things but um it, you know for me it's all about helping people awaken into their own sense of conscious awareness.
0: That's beautiful because it is it's a journey as you know. It is definitely <laughs> a journey
1: as I know and it's not an easy journey. No. And we all um everyone that's on that journey Um, You know, there there are certain programs, there are certain programs that are going to go through your system when you're having an awakening, and they're not always easy. And the dark night of the soul is a big part of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, So that's something that I help people navigate. And um, there are different, you know, breaking patterns that you have to be able to see yourself in a different way and experience life in a different way. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm all about now. And I think I'm fairly well down the rabbit hole and and totally committed to this work. I feel like I'm here to be of services. Many of us, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. You know, we've kind of broken away from the mothership and we're, Mm -hmm. we're little satellites now out there trying to change things.
0: (laughs) I definitely feel that because like for me, um, just tuning into the energies like there's such a shift in the consciousness and I'm seeing it within myself because I'm getting like deeper levels of subconscious programs within me that I kind of knew, but they're actually showing up. They're like coming to the surface now and I'm able to feel them and be present with them in ways that I, even like six months ago, I wasn't able to do. So I know that the light is increasing and that Mm -hmm. we're feeling it at different levels and I don't know it feels like like some sort of imminent shift and I don't know how to describe it any other way. Um are you feeling that?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, most of us that have been on this road for quite a while feel the intensity and the speed of what's happening now and many people are waking up to their own consciousness, but they're not aware that they're waking up because they don't have the language. I'm I'm very much about languaging things because you can take one concept mm-hmm. and you can language it five different ways for five different types of people. Mm-hmm. So you know, to help them be able to digest the information and the energy. So Mm -hmm. many people are having experiences that they don't understand that maybe they're a little afraid of, but they don't have the language to communicate what's happening to them. Mm -hmm. So it's important that people like us are out there normalizing these experiences, because once people feel that they're not alone in the process, then they're more apt to continue the process. And they, it's easier for them to go through it because like I said, it can, particularly in the beginning, be, be isolating and
0: scary. Right. right. One of the languages that I've been I'm drawn to is, um, some of the terms in quantum physics with frequency and resonance. Me too. Because it helps like, especially let's say for some reason, you've had a really close person in your life and all of a sudden they're not there anymore. Well, Mm -hmm. you could take that personally, but what it is, it's a shift in frequency. Mm -hmm. And when I see it from that perspective and that language, there's nothing personal about it. Mm -hmm. And so it helps me Mm -hmm. when I see something with myself or with somebody I love, and there's this, this confusion or like, don't they love me anymore? Or something like that. It's like, no, 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 no. There's nothing about love. The love is always there. It's just that your frequency shifted. And there's not a resonance anymore. And so there's nothing wrong with that. No. And that permission to see from that perspective is really helpful. Well, it's not, um,
1: like you say, it's it's not personal. It's very neutral. Energy is neutral. Mm -hmm. It's the way that we put our emotions into it. So we're always either at residence, uh, either in residence or in dissonance with with something. And so, and it feels right or it doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And many times we try to push ourselves into a dissonant situation because it's work. It's, we're dealing with some kind of inner trauma that we haven't dealt with. So we want to hold on to something or someone that is not right for us, but we don't know what to do without that person or that thing. So we hold on to it, even though it's in dissonance, instead of allowing it to, to detach in some sort of neutrality and then move into a new space of residence with something else and allow us to get to move into that unknown and a big part of this process is moving into the unknown and being comfortable in not knowing what's going on Mm -hmm. Um, because you know the more the longer I've been in this kind of on this journey the less I think I know Um, Mm -hmm. you know you think you are learning but all you're doing is you're opening up aspects way bigger aspects than you ever expected so there's bigger spaces of of not knowing and you know all we really have are our belief systems based on our own experience Mm -hmm. and by other people resonating with us so we take that as truth but it's just a belief and we really you know the ultimate truth is death we'll know at the moment of death what we believed at least that part of it right but but until then we're doing our best to figure out our place in the world here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. And it's, it's a like the perk of where we are in consciousness right now is that, I mean, as a little girl, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I desperately wanted to understand why I saw my spiritual team or who they were and why I astral traveled and why I saw my grandfather sitting on my bed after he died. Like I didn't have anyone to talk to about that. So I shut myself down.
1: Yeah, that happens.
0: But that's normal. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so to be able to let that happen. I mean, I just, I just, um, had a podcast before I jumped on with you. We did light language for 10 minutes. If you had told me that like a year and a half ago, I would have been like, what, what, what is that? But I know light
1: language is coming in fast and furious. I've been doing it for about 10 years. I don't do it in public generally, Mm -hmm. but it's been coming in as just frequency codes. And so many people now are getting these transmissions. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine personally don't translate to English. Um, but I do feel that they're bringing in different codes Mm -hmm, and different mm -hmm. frequencies. Yeah. So, and and I'm, I go pretty much down the rabbit hole and even that kind of freaks me out. I mean, I took me a long time to admit to people that I was doing that because as you continue on this journey, you will start opening up to aspects of that. Even you have a hard time understanding and, and grasping takes a while for it to kind of anchor into you
0: and oh yeah like when i when i hear myself talk i have no idea what i'm saying yeah. like every once in a while a word will come out like i uh, in the podcast <laughs> i just did um i heard she, which is um thank you in chinese oh and so i'm like okay that's a word i know but the rest of it was like the way my mouth was forming words is different than I normally speak because it's language mm-hmm. that i don't normally speak so it's really interesting to be present to it and allow it to flow through and it's just another level of remembering who i am yep and, and you don't have to know
1: and, and you don't have to know what it is and that's and that's something that um when it comes to you know light language and i do light language art as well oh, cool. and not not really needing to know what's happening not needing to know whether it's real or not real but just allowing the the, the flow naturally to come through you mm-hmm. i think that's that, that also speeds things up when we let go of our handlebars um yeah. go a lot faster and our handlebars are, are our belief systems and our previous cultural conditionings mhm and
0: depending on what age group you're in, there's a lot more. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they say that you you spend the second half of your life unlearning what you learned the first half of your life. <laughs> that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. And I, I know for a fact that, because um, I, I knew this when I was 10. My 10-year-old was magical. She was uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, I'm not having kids because I don't want to bring the ancestral stuff forward. Mm-hmm. I'm it. I'm like it nobody's coming like nothing is coming after me that's ancestral on both sides right. of family that's I, i'm it and how like how would i have that awareness like as a 10 year old except that it was already it? like it was just as knowing yep and <laughs> and had i i'm not going to regret but like because i know my intuition was with me the entire time whether or not i chose to listen to it is secondary to that but like having that level of connection and intentionally shutting it down so i could survive fairfield county connecticut in the 1980s -hmm. (laughs) it was a thing and and the fact that i never let go of it even though i thought i shut it down is a testament to how profound my subconscious and my unconscious knew what I was supposed to do because I could have easily just shut down. Right. But I couldn't like, there's something in me that was like, Nope, you are not, you can go to sleep for a while. You can numb yourself out for a while, but you are not shutting down, honey. Nice try.
1: Well, I think if you shut down, you probably get sick. Yeah, I think that's a big that and a lot of, you know, a lot of us are wounded healers for that reason, you know, because we did, you know, we did kind of shut down for periods of time. And and we were sensitive children who who were always like we're kind of like mockingbirds in in that got dropped in some strange nest. Mm -hmm. And then we had to kind of navigate our way out of it. So a lot of, lot of us have weird health conditions that mm-hmm. probably come from suppressing our true identity for so long. yeah. And, and the more you can go into that identity and go start searching through the energetic rubble in there, the, the more you can help release some of those patterns that are you know, causing health issues. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I know ultimately everything that isn't aligned is a dis-ease where you're just not Mm -hmm. allowing that energy to expand into a healthy space i'll I'll give an example um i'm trying to think of one that's really good so (laughs) okay so a few years ago i was moving stuff and uh the person i was with suggested i drive a u-haul well i've never driven anything that big before so i was so nervous That I was singing in public which is a telltale sign that I'm like freaked out because I do not typically sing in public and I'm just like I'm that nervous because it's a big truck and it's it's not a big thing but for me at the time it was and when we got to the storage unit I opened the door and I fell out onto my coccyx and broke it before we started moving Wow, why did I do that? I mean, as energetically, it's been fixed since then. But like, I did it because I my root chakra was so out of alignment. I was in pure fear for no reason that I could I could identify other than the fact that I don't like moving, and it was something big that I was driving. Maybe I rode a mastodon at some point. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. <laughs> the message was this is dis-ease and my body was in so much misalignment from that for probably about a week until i really sat with the root cause of it like Mm -hmm. what was that because that was that was like an indescribable level of fear that didn't make any sense. So for me to be present to that and really feel it, then it got better. But it wasn't going to get better until I sat with it.
1: Well, that's how all trauma works. You have to you have to sit in the trauma, and it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, because most people spend their lives avoiding it but not only are they avoiding their conscious trauma but they have all this we have we all have all this unconscious trauma and we have ancestral trauma that we're never we 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 won't be able to get in contact with um, we won't be able to heal in the time we have here but we can at least see it and acknowledge it and allow it to coexist with us mm-hmm. so that there isn't that dissidence with it that we right. uh, with that That we accept that it's part of our journey and it Mm -hmm. belongs maybe to ancestors or to past lives or childhood aspects that we're not going to get in touch with in this life. We don't have to heal everything that we are carrying, Mm -hmm. but it helps that when you're having an emotional reaction to something or there's something being hidden from you, you want to allow yourself to feel it so that you can release it and see it. And it stops having the power over you that
0: that it has over you. Right. 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 Because like the fear, fear and excitement have the same energy. Mm -hmm. It's just different frequencies. Mm -hmm. So however you tune into it, I had an incident a couple of months ago where I was in a place where we were losing power. And for some reason I jumped up at two o'clock in the morning to boil eggs because I knew I wasn't going (laughs) to. A completely irrational thing and I felt into the anxiety of it I was laughing at myself because I'm like this is so interesting that I'm feeling this so then I started dancing I'm like if I'm up and I have this energy I'm gonna I'm gonna just change it over to enjoying myself and then I started singing a Stevie Wonder song and like That's by great. the time the eggs were done I was dancing and it was all happy and I was like how hard was it for me to have the awareness to switch the energy and then I we didn't lose power but I had a lot of boiled eggs so it was a it was all, you know, but it was like, what is, when you have that awareness, then being able to be present to it really shifts the effect of it on your body.
1: hmm That's true. And that's, and that's one of the things that we're really beginning to learn is just how our emotional and energetic cells affect our physical body. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's, that's new. I mean, a lot of mystics have known that for a long time, but it's beginning to wash through mass consciousness now, which is what all this is supposed to do is begin to travel through mass consciousness. And this year is going to be a big year for that people will be waking up, Um, they will be feeling and seeing things that they haven't felt and seen before they will be seeking outside influences that they didn't expect to ever seek before. And that's, that's a good thing. You know, the more people that we have that are willing to move into their heart, I'm very big believer in heart-based everything too. And more people that are moving into their heart, the easier it will be for us in the future, because we're Mm -hmm. obviously having a very difficult time on the planet being in our hearts right now.
0: (laughs) Right. But you know, it's for me, like I, um, empath, Mm -hmm. um, What I have discovered over this past year is that tendency to care for others to the exclusion of self, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Like, just can't. So what I do is I activate my Merkava, Mm -hmm. and then I send out a Toronto field of unconditional love. And then if I go to a place like, I'll say, Walmart, uh, which I did a couple weeks ago right after I had this ice storm. Um, and where everybody was shut down for a week. Um, what I didn't do was reactivate it because I got so disoriented. I didn't know where in the store I was because I was feeling all of the energy. So it's my responsibility because nobody else is responsible because I know better. Right? right. So it's my responsibility if I know I'm going in a situation like that to just be more mindful just mm-hmm. like, oh, I forgot that I needed to. Like, this is going to be a low frequency area because people are in that state of, oh, we finally get to get food. Oh my gosh, this is stressful. Blah, 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 blah. Finally, out of the ice storm, we can finally get our cars out of our driveways. Um, that frequency of energies, I can just reactivate my Merkaba, I can call on Archangel Michael, I can do whatever I need to to make sure that I'm still not taking on the energy and that's all.
1: That's right. I mean, and I think I have the same experience in Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I have to really defend myself before I go in there. And it's not just the, the consciousness of the people that are in there and the fear um, and the anger that is in a lot of mass consciousness. It's also the lights in there. Mm -hmm. the fluorescent lights and just the energy of all the products in there. And it's, it's difficult. And if you're sensitive, I mean, a lot of people are not that sensitive, so they're not affected or at least they don't feel that they're being affected. But if you are sensitive, you do have to, you do have a responsibility to take better care of your energy and your body.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, and there's, you know, it's just, um, I had a client a few months ago whose dog, had cancer right here Mm. and without diving into too many details the type of work he did required him to energetically clear himself every day Mm. and he didn't so the poor animal took on the energy and developed cancer and ended up dying from it because like it was cumulative and i'm not obi-wan right i can do lots of things well i can facilitate lots of things but like it's easier if I do it, like, as a maintenance thing. Yeah, <laughs> as before the tumor. To, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's really interesting because, like, w- bringing awareness into that, like, our energy is affecting our pets, it's affecting people we communicate with. Like, are you seeing more people beginning to wake up to that? Are you helping people with that? How is that showing up? Definitely,
1: um, you know, I like I said, I've been in the world of consciousness for decades now. And when I first began and and was having my own experiences and my own reawakening from my childhood, um, I had to explain to people what consciousness was. They didn't know the word. Yeah. And when I was trying to become a chief consciousness officer. I would go to advertising agencies and companies and they would say, Well, can't you call it like a chief culture officer or chief? And I said, No, if you can't say the word, you can't be it. Right. So words are these vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing way more people know what consciousness is, understand frequency. And in my my big thing now is frequency. And now when I when I moved to out of consciousness and really sort of focusing more on frequency, there weren't that many people that were talking about frequency and I had to do a lot of explaining, but now way more people. And it's happening the speed of this is happening very fast. I mean in the first 20 years it was it was crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, you know, I was definitely the freak in the room. Yeah. But now I'm not the freak in the room. You know, I mean I wouldn't be having this conversation 20 years ago. Right. Um I had to be careful who I talked to, without, particularly when I was in business, right. that they didn't think I was some nut job. Right. So now I'm finding more and more people are open are open to this. And um, I work in a, an art gallery a couple of days a week just to get an idea at the spiritual art gallery, at the beautiful gallery. And, beautiful. and it helps me connect into mass consciousness as the people walk in there. And I'm really seeing so many people of all different ages that are beginning to wake up and ask questions and are so grateful and you know i do you know i'm i'm sort of a convert a covert consciousness doula most of my work is i don't even tell people what's happening i'm just there to offer guidance and support as people pass through my life Mm. Um, because you know a lot of times that's the best way to help someone is when it's not a face-to-face thing but it's more something that is about. Just guiding them and helping them at a point in time where they are looking for guidance and support and information about something. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think in the next two years, there'll be an enormous um, groundswell for this uh, as people begin to realize that the world as it is is not working. And also, there's so much energy coming in cosmic energy, energy from the sun, solar flares. You know, whatever your belief system is about all of that energy coming in, it is very intense. The, yeah. the astrology of today is very intense and very shifting and and moving very fast. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more optimistic than ever before, even though if you look at the world as it is right now, there's no reason to be optimistic. Right. But, you know, pain is a beautiful tenderizer. And it opens people to the unknown in ways that they wouldn't consider unless they were being shaken in some way, and we're being shaken now on multiple levels. Yes, so we I'm um, I'm very I'm I'm actually really optimistic, and I'm yeah, and I help people in lots of different ways. I mean, my my book is a frequency book, and and it helps people who it's called trusting the currents, and it's all about trusting the currents in life wherever they're taking you. So that helps, and my work with um, Wisdom-keeping helps, and I'm putting together a whole new website about that and and, a, and a seminar workshop all about the awakening process, mm-hmm. and I'm working with many people. I mean, this is not a time of the solo um, spiritual person out mm-hmm. there, you know, doing this. This is really about us putting our pieces of the puzzle together, and we all yeah. have something to say, and we all have our place in this. and. Mm-hmm. You know, I may communicate in one, one way that resonates with some people, but there's a lot of people around me that are saying the same thing in different ways. Mm-hmm. but they'll be resonating with 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 different people, right. so i'm I'm very much about building building community around that. And as I talked before, I, I call it collaborative interdependence. I love where that. We, where we all are ourselves, but we're all a part of something bigger and and you know the spiritual movement, There's a lot going on in it right now because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people coming into it that are waking up themselves and don't really have the haven't gone through the rooting process Mm -hmm. of the dark night of the soul and a lot of the deep processes and that will come Mm -hmm. because very few people get through the spiritual awakening without some sense of a dark night of the soul whether it's two weeks or two years or. 20 years and no one really knows why people have right. longer ones some people have have shorter ones but but it is a process that takes that that first illumination where which is very kind of glamorous and you start seeing you know spirituality and you get hooked into all these wonderful beautiful new things and crystals mm-hmm. and all these fun things and it grounds it into some real mm-hmm. um meaningful work on the planet. So, um, and and I'm really connected to a lot of people around the world that are doing that. And I want to support everyone who is stepping up and, um, and are part of this part of this journey and and, and process together.
0: Yeah. I, I feel that too. It's just this, this beautiful, like, how do we support each other? Um, I love collaboration. It's like my favorite way of being. And I haven't, I haven't had it since 2006 and, my soul longs to do it again, because there's something so magical about creating something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. with bringing everybody else's skills to the table and just making that that big umbrella of magic that happens and I mean, I love my alone time boy do i, I <laughs> I love my alone time and there's something so incredibly magical about being able to create with others that just it's it's just this it's a sense of purpose is greater than self yeah and that's and that's what we're all what's
1: one of the reasons why we're all doing this and but you know there is a part of the process of awakening I mean it's you know, languaging is so difficult, you know, for a long time, the biggest problem we have is languaging, because a lot of the words we use doesn't really explain the experience, but it's the closest we can get. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the experience of awakening is you, you will go through a time of solitude. And if for some reason, and I don't know why, it is an inherent and important part of the process, you will feel separate from everyone, you will feel a sense of alone that you have never felt before. Mm-hmm. And that is part of that that's an important part of it, and eventually you will come out of that, and you will begin to establish relationships with people that are of your frequency at that point in time, and that you will start supporting each other, and you'll have someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. It may be one person, and I, you know, I um someone that I know had reached out to me that I've known my whole life, but I haven't really been in touch very much and he was having an awakening and he called me because he knows that I'd been doing this for a long time and and he didn't have anyone to talk to his wife didn't understand what he was talking about he didn't understand what he was experiencing mm-hmm. and he just needed someone to talk to about it and not feel like he was crazy. Right. And I said to him, I said, you know, you're call me anytime. But I said, I guarantee you, you have someone around you, at least one person who's having the same experience, but neither of you are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I said, so go out there and start throwing out bait words like energy and resonance mm-hmm. and consciousness and see who bites onto them. And yeah. that is the person that you can start having a, having a communion with so that mm-hmm. you feel that you are, part of something, because a big part of this process is you feel alone. And once you go through that, and you will always, as you said, you you need those times alone because Mm. our inner universe is our expansive, is as expansive as our outer universe, but we're Mm. not taught to go inside. We're actually taught not to go inside. We're taught to fear the unknown. But once you are willing to go in there and you start exploring in there, All kinds of magical, mystical experiences happen to you, and you open yourself up to things you never would have thought before. Mm -hmm. But to get there, you have to be alone. You have to turn off your phone. You have to sit in meditation or in the dark or with yourself, and you have to allow yourself to feel the discomfort of going into a space that you've never been before. And then once you're in that space, things will start to happen. Yeah. But um, so the alone part is the big part of it. Uh, then then you can pull yourself out and then you find other people that have had these experience and you can start creating whatever you want to create with whoever is resonating around you. And you'll have little pockets of people. You know, I always looked at us as being these kind of this web and we're little modules mm-hmm. and these modules are connected to other modules. So all over the world. Yeah. There may be a module across the world that I have nothing in common with, but we are connected to each other through other modules of, of consciousness. No, and I definitely um, feel
0: that. I definitely exciting. feel that. I mean, I, I have the <laughs> gift, I'm kind of giddy about this. I get to talk to people regularly yeah, about this. And fun. It, it just makes me feel so blessed to know. How many people want to talk about consciousness? Like I, I am amazed when I signed up on Podmatch. I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll get like one or two people. I, I'm busy like four or five days a week with podcasts because so many people want to share their wisdom about what's going on and and how to help greater consciousness. And so I get to have these amazing conversations. <laughs> Yeah, well, that and that's and it's
1: important, you know, talking about it and sharing it with other people is important because it normalizes it. Mm -hmm. It's very important that this becomes normalized because it is normal. It just hasn't been normal in our past. And when I started doing podcasts you know, I had done one podcast and the woman said, oh, you're really good at this. And I literally was nauseous. I was so scared. I was a very shy child. I was not really someone that wanted to communicate in that way, even though I've always been a fairly good communicator. But I decided to start doing podcasts because I wanted to overcome that fear. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to bring out the things that I was experiencing to see who else was having these experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've done a bunch of them now over the past couple of years since I've been doing that. And you know, the people I've met and the, and the experiences I've shared have really helped me in everything else that I do in my life. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is the ability to share. Mm-hmm. the ability to hear other people's experiences the ability for me to share my experiences and whether they are similar or different it doesn't matter because right. we're all you know we're all kind of trying to be this being on the planet that we we were taught we were one thing and then all of a sudden we wake up and we realize we were we are not anything that we were told we are right and i and I call it your inner resident signature. It's that one frequency that is you alone. And that gets covered up very early in life. And, you know, it's about unpeeling the onion of social conditioning to so you can finally feel that inner mm-hmm. resonance signature. And mm-hmm. once you're able to feel it, you won't be able to stay there because our culture will always pull us out. But you can get back to it again. Yeah. And you can begin to share it in a more meaningful way with others. hmm.
0: I definitely feel that one of the gifts that I've been given is a very slow awakening. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, like when I, my, my, uh, my subconscious loves to show up between one and four, which is perfect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the coolest thing I've noticed in the past couple months is that I'll have some subconscious thing come up and it's, it's something I just haven't seen before, but it's really deep and it's ready to come up and, My ability to have self-compassion and to be present with it is so much easier than it used to be. Like, it used to be like weeks of me ignoring the thing and like distracting (laughs) myself with all the things and like not wanting to see it and having this internal battle. And now it's just like, oh, no, I'm just ready for the next thing. And it just shows up. just present to it i look at it and i'm like oh wow this is so cool that i had this this is so amazing and just love that into being and then i fall back asleep
1: well you're being patient with your humanity you know we have become impatient with our own humanity and we have been divorced from our divinity and we are now beginning to merge these two back together again but being patient with our humanity we're all you know imperfect beings struggling through life we're all afraid We're all having problems Um, just because we become more conscious of our problems doesn't mean they go away. It just means we're able to function with them easier and we're able to be more vulnerable with each other because when when we feel vulnerable, it's it really feels like weakness. But when we share that vulnerability with others, it begins to build strength. And the more people that are willing to be vulnerable with each other, the more strength that begins to develop and the more we can build that vulnerability into our ecosystems and it becomes a a powerful force of change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Vulnerability is, um, it's really interesting because I always thought I was vulnerable until I actually became vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm actually like, (laughs) just, just opening up because I don't know how to be any other way in terms of like, I don't know how to put on masks anymore, which is amazing. Um, I was gifted with living in Mount Shasta region for three years. So like, I don't have any masks anymore Mm -hmm. because, because it kind of peels them away. Um, Whether or not you want them to, they do. Um, And so I don't know how to relate with anyone if I'm not in my heart. Like it doesn't feel right anymore. Well, the heart's the
1: power place. I mean, and but the mind is always telling us that it's not safe. Right. So most people are afraid of going into their heart. You know, first of all, all of our hearts have been broken in some way through childhood or through love affairs or or just by being feeling betrayed by life in some way. So our mm-hmm. hearts feel is where we store our, our vulnerability, but it's really our power center. Mm-hmm. So once we can ignore the little monkey mind telling us it's not safe, and we trust begin to trust it, yeah. it ex- the field our heart. I mean, if you know heart math, you know our mm-hmm. heart energy is way more a bigger field than our mind is. Right, and it controls a lot of our um, emotions and reactions and visions for things. But um, people perceive the heart as the weakest place we have, and it's actually our power place. Mm -hmm. But um, that's something that's beginning to flip as well. And again, it's as long as like-minded, heart-centered people come together and they learn to deal with conflict. I mean, conflict happens even in the best of us, Mm -hmm. and dissidence happens even in the best relationships. Mm -hmm. So how you navigate those those conflicts really de- really determines the outcome of how you go forward together. And you right. know, we look at the world around us and look at the dissidents out there and look at the conflict right now and realize that no one is in their heart right? because they're all in their heads. But if people would move in the heart and they would see the similarities that they're carrying, people are way more similar than they are different, but mm-hmm. they choose to focus on the one thing they're different instead of focusing on the 50 things that makes them the same. Right.
0: Right. It's, it's so fascinating. It's a fascinating study in human nature. Right. It's like I, I, so my, my big thing was like, I didn't get separation when I was little. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like with animals, with land, with everything, I didn't see why it was separate from me. And that's been like the whole driving force of my being. This is like to understand why it was created, because none of it makes sense. Right, like why? Why my car talks to me? Because mm-hmm. she's consciousness. So, like, why? Why? Why do I think she's separate from me? She's not. Right. She's just in a different form. She's a different level of frequencies that are placed in a three dimensional construct. But I am too. So mm-hmm. the 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 separation thing is such an illusion. And the the longer I dive into it. The more i realize that's like the biggest piece for me of the illusion yeah it, well
1: it is and and that's the hardest and that's one of the hardest things that people have um accepting is is the loss of identity because if if we're part of everything then then maybe i'm nothing so they're afraid of being nothing instead of seeing that because they're part of everything they, they have access to so much more, but it's also, you know, it's a odd concept Mm -hmm. and it goes against everything that we're taught in our schools and our religions and in government and corporations. And, you know, we're basically little, little computer programs Mm -hmm. and we've been programmed to believe things. And what we, and what we believe is what the truth is. And truth is a movable object, depending Mm -hmm. on who is believing what i mean i i had truths 20 years ago that are di- that that i don't have anymore right. i have different truths i mean i always look at consciousness as sort of like russian dolls like you're in a russian doll and you think that's all there is and all of a sudden you have an expansion and you break through that russian doll and you're like oh i didn't see that before oh this is different oh 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 and there's a period of adjustment to that mm-hmm. and then that's what you believe then that becomes right. your belief system until the next russian doll right you blow open into and then you so and i i think life is just a series of russian dolls and we probably don't ever get to the end of them um but but if we are willing to go into that inner universe and into our vulnerability and into our heart and into the energy of other people and and the planet and animals and cars and whatever we will become something that we never expected to become and oh. i think maybe that's what's all this is all about is we are all becoming something unexpected mm-hmm. and that is both powerful and scary mm-hmm. and we don't really know where it's ending and we as human beings we we want to know where we're going and you know when you when you awaken in consciousness you basically climb in the front seat and take control of the wheel instead of being in the back seat screaming because mm-hmm. one one way or another you're going Right, But but at least when you take responsibility and it's not an external fault of anyone's Mm -hmm. as to where your life is, even though you'll have experiences, you may have had a terrible childhood, you may have had your heart broken, Um, all these terrible things happen to us Mm -hmm. and we have to accept them and acclimate ourselves into them and take them and then become more powerful because Mm of them. And Mm -hmm. then once we do that, then we can do something in the world that... That is unexpected, and um, I'm I'm really excited about all this work that we're moving into. And I don't think it's going to be easy, and I think we're going to have fits and starts. But as more people come online, um, it's it's going to be exciting time to be alive. I agree. In, in more ways than one.
0: I agree. <laughs> I, I, I am. I've. I've seen visions of what's going to happen and oh, nice. there's like a giddy excitement to it i mean there's going to be bumps i'll say mm-hmm. but creating the new is exciting mm-hmm. and creating the new way of being um i i love that i can't write a bio anymore <laughs> because it seems so silly to me it's like how do I define what I am when I don't know what that is? I mean, I have aspects that I can see, I know thing, characters I've played in different mm-hmm. roles, but the beingness is so much greater than the parts that it doesn't make sense anymore. I try I've tried, but it's like I'm just describing things about me, I'm not actually describing me. And well, aspects. aspects, right? They're aspects. They're, they're aspects. Different. They're they're experiences. their
1: skills. Mm-hmm. There's talents. There's gifts you have, right? So that that all. I mean, you know, in in culture, we we define each other in very simple ways, right? But we're all way more complex than the way we explain ourselves. But we are constantly being squashed down so that we can understand each other in in sound bites, right? So once we realize that we are more Um, and you know, we have to put some containers on it because as you well know, you can go down that consciousness rabbit hole and not come out because we don't know what the truth is. And when I go into that place, you know, consciousness is something that our human mind really can never understand. Right. So we, we, we have to create, I, I call them reality nests. Like we have, mm. like the universe for me is a reality nest. It's a reality nest created in consciousness to manifest things. And one of the things that manifests are human beings. So, and human beings need to create part of reality nests in their own world so that they can move through life as a human physical being Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that's all they are it's just an aspect that they are presenting to the world and you can pull in once you create that little vehicle you can pull in you know i can pull in all the experiences that i've had when i was in advertising doing new business everything Mm -hmm. i learned all those skills i can pull in the gifts of my childhood spirituality and communicating with insects and all the crazy things I did back then mm-hmm. and I can pull in the attributes and characteristics that I have developed now that I'm moving forward and I don't have to hold them all the time right because different people are interested in different parts of me mm-hmm. but they're all there and once I resonate with someone I know through languaging what to show them mm-hmm. and that's what we all can learn to do and you know I will show a part of me to you and but I could go into Walmart and I'll show something different to the cashier there, right something that makes her more comfortable or him more comfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. <laughs> thank you so much. it's a wild world we're living in, <laughs> yeah, and I'm so grateful to know you're on the planet with me oh thank you you too i'm I'm like so happy that you know I, I was so alone for so
1: long, for so yeah. many years when I was young. And I know you felt the same way. I was mm-hmm. when I was very young, I was having experiences and I was told by my parents they were imagination. I was told by teachers, you know, not to talk about things like that. And then I eventually just squashed them. And even when I woke up, we awoke in years ago, um, people didn't want to hear. Right. And now it's great that I can go as far as I want to go. Uh-huh. And there's someone there who's been there too.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: And it doesn't matter. We don't know what's true. This right. could all be in our imagination. We don't know. Right. But, but the experience, when you have an awakening experience, when you have a mystical experience, the truth of it is so powerful. You're absolutely sure that this is happening now the longer you get away from it the more it begins to become vague and you start to question yourself Mm -hmm. but the moment of it is such a powerful experience and i think more and more people will be having that and um i'm really happy that that you're here too and you're sharing this with so many different people and bringing all these people into the light so that more more individuals can see oh that's me That's Mm -hmm. me. Maybe I'm me to someone. Maybe you're me to someone else. And all of your guests are are me to someone. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important, that we we start seeing the me's out there.
0: That's why I was guided to do this. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful thing. Thank you. So I'm going to ask one final question, and that is, how can people find you? Um, Oh, it's actually a good question, because I'm I'm sort
1: of going through a really big transformation myself right now. You know, I had... um, I had taken care of my mother for several years. And then right after that, um, I moved to Sedona from from New York City. And I moved here just as the pandemic was getting going. Oh wow. So I went through this wild experience of post-caregiving and and pandemic. Um, and it transformed a lot of the work that I want to do in the world. Yeah, but yeah. I have but I have um I have a couple of websites. I have okay. my book, I have Trusting the Currents, which was this book that was channeled to me um, by an old southern african-american woman and it's won 13 literary awards and it was a number one bestseller inspirational fiction and i have a website linda at linda polly it's lindapolio.com for that but i'm probably going to be dissembling that in the next few months i am creating a site called wisdomkeeping.com which will be a portal. And not just a portal for me and the things I do, but I will have other people there as well. And it will all be about helping people that are having these experiences find the right person Mm -hmm. and the right thing, whether it's a book. I'll be having courses and workshops. So you can go to wisdomkeeping.com. It's a very splash pagey thing right now, but you can put your email in there. And when I finally launch, I'll be happy to um, I'll contact you. I have another website called thewishingbowl.com, which is a meditation product that I created, and I've been doing light language art, but um, I've been bringing in my social media. I'm kind of pulling away from it. I got off of Facebook. I got off of Twitter. I'm still on Instagram as Linda Palio, um, and I'm on LinkedIn, but I will eventually be pulling off of social media and pulling into this portal that I'm creating and, you know, just to let people find me. And I looked at myself as a little mushroom head sticking up and whoever comes in, will come through me and go into the mycelium of consciousness with all different kinds of things. in there and all different kinds of people doing all beautiful kinds of work. So I'm in the process of doing that myself. So I'm like everyone else. I'm becoming something unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I am, No, so that's it. But you can but if you Google me, you can find me because I'm out there in the world.
0: Thank you so, so much for your time, (laughs) your wisdom and for Uh, your beingness. You're very sweet. Thank you. Welcome.